Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are a new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. How are we doing? Recording this uh, about an hour before the. Uh, the Hall of Fame game. So if you're coming to look for breakdown of preseason football, but more specifically this game, you've come to the wrong podcast. Uh, But I I do have some thoughts on the preseason, something that I talk about every year, uh, and a lot going on. Obviously, suspensions, Goodell, the Dolphins, Rodgers is dating some psychedelic chick, Uh, Tom Brady turned 45, Arizona, I mean, you talk about having a rough training camp. The Steelers, I think I got a little destination for a quarterback that I witnessed throwing on the side who might be a top 20 quarterback. And Matt Stafford's having some tendonitis. And I've known some people over the years with some tendonitis. Obviously, you're throwing elbow, you're throwing shoulder. It's just, it's something to keep an eye on. A lot going on in the football world. Next week, every team will play. 
And while I, I think we're at the point now where no one plays in the preseason, once that, the momentum starts, it really starts to feel like football season. We are, it's August 4th, I think September 8th is Rams, Bills, so we are just a little under officially a month away from the start of the National Football League. Also, college football starts. I mean, we're we're not that far away from real games happening. We know we're going to be gambling. You know we're going to be, uh, it's just a great time, you know, drinking booze, watching football. It just, it's the best. Uh, also, Middlecoff Mailbag, I'll put it out this weekend, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the podcast. If you listen through Colin's feed, subscribe to 3 and Out, greatly appreciate it. Love all you guys. Awesome. I mean, I can't. I honestly can't wait. We've obviously never had more listeners because of the volume, because of just the success Colin has and guys like Draymond. It's exciting times to be recording podcasts uh, and distributing it with the volume. It, it doesn't get any better. I mean, this is one of the more anticipated NFL seasons in a long time. And college, probably, you know, let's face it, about five teams can win the national championship. And really, it feels like three, Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, but still fun. I I enjoy Saturdays, but I wanted to dive into something. I I was going to start in with Watson and Dolphins, but I would imagine most podcasts have been talking about reiterating the same things. We'll we'll get into that here in a minute, but I wanted to start with a couple preseason nuggets and what makes the NFL very relatable. Like, let's face it. The NBA is not relatable. These guys are all, the minimum height is like 6'7". The average salary is like $7 million. People do not get cut. Guaranteed money. We, we can't relate. Even when you're kind of like, you don't fit in, nobody likes you, they can't get rid of you, like Russell Westbrook. Like That's not relatable in our jobs, right? E- even baseball. For the most part, you go to spring trainings, you know, there's a 25-man roster. I, I think if I, I've been to several spring trainings when I was working in radio and around it, at most, especially on decent teams, couple spots open here and there. Now, injuries happen, and you bump guys up on the 40-man roster. But for the most part, you know your team. That is not the case in football. Even good teams. The 49ers were in the NFC Championship game last year, and they got three offensive line spots open. They have several running back spots open. They have multiple DB spots open. They got spots open all over the place, let alone half the league is below average. I mean, anyone can make their team. Mid-round picks, undrafted free agents. It truly is a pretty fantastic meritocracy where you got a chance to make it. And honestly, the moment I think with you're an older guy, your your money outweighs your production, you're cut. (laughs) Like, listen, a lot of industries, hell, I mean, knock on wood, it doesn't happen moving forward, but... Laying guys off. I've been fired. It's a relatable experience. Who gets quote unquote fired in the NBA? It doesn't happen. I guess it happens every once in a while in baseball DFA, but star over the hill players don't. Yet in football, in a month on the final cutdown, there will be famous people. Now, they, their fame might not equal their play anymore. They will get cut all over the league. They will get cut all over the league. Jimmy Garoppolo is easily a top 18 quarterback in the NFL. He more than likely, depending on what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation, will be cut, will be released. And it's just what makes, honestly, training camps cool. A lot of spots open, ton of competition, people fighting for their lives, literally their livelihoods. 
Now, and also the great part is just because you get cut, no different in life. I got fired. I made it. You know, just because you get cut, that does not determine your success. There will be a ton of guys cut over the next month that will go on to have long, prosperous, and successful careers. That's also what's cool about it. Multiple guys, like I was on multiple practice squads, and then I became a seven-year NFL starter, right? And I think the preseason is very, very cool that way once the preseason games start. Now we know that all the starters, unless maybe Andy Reid and Belichick, there's a rare few that still play starting players. The majority, all the Kyle Shanahan guys do not. Most of the young coaches do not, and I don't blame them. And I've only worked for one NFL head coach. He was of the mindset you play him, and he's, you know, second best coach in the league. So I'm not saying that it's not the right mindset. I just know for me and my stomach, if I ran a team, if I owned one, if I was a GM, we wouldn't be playing anybody. Not, not, not a value, not high picks, not guys that we paid a lot of money. There's, I don't know if there's necessarily a right or wrong answer on this one, but I wouldn't be playing them. But here's the thing with football. And I would imagine all you guys, you guys fall, I mean, we know, probably, I have every person that listens to this podcast, we have every team covered. A Bengal fan, Bucks fans, Cowboy fans, we got fans of every team. And this time of year, you're probably, you know, your core guys, but you're reading about stars of camp. Maybe a fifth round pick that has a chance to start. Maybe an undrafted free agent guy that has a chance to be your nickel corner. Maybe a guy from the practice squad last year that's your starting guard. And it is important to excel the first couple weeks in training camp up until the preseason game. I, I am not disputing that. But there are three levels to me that you kind of evaluate as the front office. That's important. Training camp starts, really the offseason into training camp, you play well. You look like you have a chance to be a player. And then the pads come on at training camp. You then maintain that level of play. But here's the thing. When you go up against the same guy every day and there's and you know either the offense or the defense, if you have half a brain, you're going to gain advantages. Whether I'm going up against Justin Jefferson, Trent Williams, or Micah Parsons, I'm just, Trent might be a bad example, but the other guys, I can learn your tricks. I can learn what you like to do. And I learned the scheme you're running. So I can, let me, I don't know if I'm phrasing this right, but manipulate how good I am or just prove how good I am. If I'm stopping, if I'm trying to make the Cowboys and I'm stuffing Micah Parsons in practice, that that is really important. Or or I am covering Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams or whoever, legitimate established NFL players. And I think you can gain an advantage just by seeing the guy every day. And just by seeing the scheme every day, you be, you gain an understanding of what that player and that scheme is trying to accomplish, and you can cheat a little bit. Well, once you get to the preseason games, and honestly, joint practices, you don't know the scheme because you're not game planning, and you do not know the player. I'm talking about young players. You do not know the strengths and weaknesses like you would getting ready for a game. So then, if I go to a joint practice and teams basically all over the NFL are doing it, and I'm going up against no longer my team's player, who I might have star players on my team, but the other team's Pro Bowl guys or high-level starters, and that's a new test, whether it's in the joint practice or the preseason game. Do I excel? Do I sustain? Or do I take a notch step back? Because if I sustain or keep excelling, then we got something then basically you earn your way onto the team. If you play well in preseason games and these joint practices, you've proven to me 
that you have a chance. Now, the third level, and and that's that's the number one goal, right, for any mid to late round undrafted free agent or practice squad guy is to make the 53-man roster. And for the next 20 days, you have, you know, 20 plus spots. You know, that might be high. But given, depending on the team, a large percentage of those guys are fighting for their ability to make the team. And like I said, that does not determine your career. Ton of guys get cut, go on practice squad for a year or two, and then have long careers. A lot of guys get cut, maybe don't go on practice squad right away, and eventually land somewhere and have long careers. And a lot of guys make the 53 who don't have long careers. But it is, you know, you get a huge leg up if you make the 53 and you get to play in some games. Because if you make it to the season and you had a good preseason, you had a good offseason, and then you keep playing well in the season, you become a legitimate NFL player. And that is kind of what is full-on underway right now in evaluation. And I get some of this. Obviously, on my other podcast, I talk a lot about the 49ers. like, you guys are overreacting to Trey Lance or whoever. It's like, yeah, every single practice is a quote-unquote overreaction. That is the information you have. That's like saying you overreact to one NFL game. No, we react to the information. And your opinion changes. The thing with talking about sports, evaluation of sports, it's no different than the stock market, right? Last year, a lot of things were up. Right now, a lot of things down. If you say, you know, it's like you wouldn't have the same opinion in August of 2021 as you would August of 2022. Real estate market, same thing. It's no different with players. The more information you have, things change. And things and guys and players should naturally improve with time. And older players eventually start trending the other way. And that's what we're all trying to determine and figure out whether it's the coach, the general manager, or a fan being excited about a player or being down on a player. And I, I saw something this week at 49er practice, and I think it speaks for a lot of guys in the NFL. And this is like a kind of, a, you know in the weeds of scouting a little bit, but I think this probably translates to a lot of different industries. Is the 49ers first pick because they had traded for Trey Lance and they had made the NFC Championship game was not till the end of the second round. And you would say for the most part, at the end of the second round, most and all the good pass rushers are going to be gone. But they drafted a guy named Drake Jackson, who was a massive recruit who went to USC under Clay Helton. And a couple years ago, hell, I remember sitting on my couch thinking, this guy could be like a top 15 pick. And like the majority of people in their, when they're 19, when they're 20, when they're 21, you're not necessarily a leader. You kind of gravitate toward what you're around. And he was in a disastrous, embarrassing, honestly, the lowest of lows in the history of the program and kind of got caught up into it. Now, his weight fluctuated and there were some other variables, but he fell to late in the second round. And I think as a scout, when you go into these programs, it's one thing if you're struggling in Alabama or you're struggling at Ohio State or you're struggling at Utah or you're struggling at Iowa. Like, I'm sorry, you get a red flag on you because that is, those are, you know, we have a certain amount of programs, Georgia, people flourish. People are doing well. But when you don't, it's like something's off. But when you go to a program that is in shambles, right? And USC is a poster boy and, a, and one of the, uh, the stalwarts, I would say, the last four or five years 
for being a high-level program, but with a lot of shit going on. You can get lost in the shuffle. And a lot of negativity can surround you as a player. And I was told by someone at 49er practices that, you know the thing we've been most impressed with, Drake? Is that everything that a lot of people around the league were concerned about. Because when you go into a dumpster fire, you're going to hear a lot of negativity. When I go into Georgia, when I go into Alabama, when I go into Ohio State, for the most part, I'm going to hear positive stuff. Because to play there, to excel there... You got to, the standard is a standard. You got to shape in. It's just really hard. Like if you're doing well at Goldman Sachs, you're probably a pretty high level guy, right? It's, it's impossible to be some slappy and be crushing it, right? On some of these crazy places on Wall Street. It's no different at Alabama, at Georgia, at Ohio State. And I'm not saying that there haven't been red flags to come out of the top programs, but it's much easier when a program is in shambles the way Florida State's been, the way Florida's been, obviously the way USC's been, the way Texas is, to be just, oh, this guy's a a loser. This guy, immature, can't figure it out. And it turns out, well, he's just 20 years old. He's 21 years old. You get him around, I don't know, high-level guys, a consistent program. You get him around a really good position coach. And as I was told, we've been blown away. And it doesn't, listen, I scouted in the league, but even if you hadn't, if you were standing there and watching this guy go through reps and team drills, you go, holy shit, how did they land this guy in the second round? And it's simple. Because I think the league can overvalue negativity from shitty programs. And honestly, thinking about it, when I was taking some notes, getting ready for the show, I think if memory serves me correct, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf Remember, Ole Miss, for a little while, was in shambles. They went through some stuff with their head coach who was banging hookers on the road, even though he said that he was riding around with Jesus. And A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, I would say, fell under that. Now, there were other variables, just like Drake Jackson. Remember, D.K. had been injured. Not sure what the stuff with A.J., but looking back, you're like, wait, the, the, wait, those two guys? End of the second round? A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf? Like, you guys do this for a living? How, how's it possible? But it happens all the time. If you put those guys at Alabama, like Jamison Williams, look at all the receivers recently for Alabama and Ohio State. Places are rolling, good quarterbacks, they thrive. Whether you're a good guy, whether you're a bad guy, it's impossible to not think this guy's incredible. Yet when you play at these shitty places like USC, and they're not going to be that way anymore now with Lincoln Riley, and everything's negative, coaches are fighting for their jobs, everyone's bad-mouthing them in the media. When you walk into the building... Everything is negative. It is not a positive place. So the first inclination on a player is going to be negative. And some of that might be earned, but you have to figure out how much value you're putting on that. And to me, the greatest ability to find diamonds is the wrong word, but value in the draft is getting high-level, talented players from the programs where coaches are getting fired and they're greatly underachieving. It's harder to find value at Alabama. Not saying you can't, but usually guys don't tumble at Alabama, right? They go where they're supposed to go. But at these programs where coaches are getting fired and just having some of the worst seasons in the history of their school, I think sometimes you can look at a guy and think he's much worse than he actually is. Because here's what I know. If you had put Drake Jackson for the last three years at Alabama, at Georgia, at Texas A&M, at Oregon with Mario, at Utah with Whittingham, there is no way on God's green earth that guy's falling. No different than A.J., D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel. 
instead of those guys playing at Ole Miss in South Carolina, put those guys at Georgia and Alabama. Where do you think they go? I'll tell you. First round. Easy. Big news. FanDuel has an all-new mobile gaming app. FanDuel Faceoff. FanDuel Faceoff is where you compete in quick, fun games against other real people for real cash. It has all sorts of games that you're familiar with, like a home run derby, wheel of fortune, puzzle, and strategy games with more on the way. Contests are action-packed and last between two to five minutes, so you can play it on your couch, waiting in line, during commercial breaks, wherever, and on your schedule. Whatever it be, head-to-head, multiplayer, or large tournaments, FanDuel Faceoff has something for you. Plus, in most contests, you'll be matched against players of similar skill level, so you'll never be totally outmatched. Even as a beginner, Faceoff is also tied to your FanDuel account and wallet, so you can easily use your daily fantasy funds or sportsbooks winnings in the app. Visit FanDuel.com slash Colin to download the FanDuel Faceoff app and get in the game. Agent location restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See www.fanduel.com slash faceoff slash terms for terms and conditions. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, let's get into the stuff that I think we're all a little tired of talking about. Uh, I don't think Goodell had a choice. Uh, not, no lawyer, just a, just a business major from Cal Poly State School. Uh, UC's denied me, so I, I don't pretend to be some academia intellect here. That, that is not me. I, I don't. I, hell, I've never been in trouble. I've never been in a courtroom. Uh, have I? Maybe like a maybe like a little kid. You know, I actually I don't think I did. I don't know if we went school. You know, a field trip type thing. M- never been in trouble. Never sat there. Never needed a lawyer uh, for anything like that. Needed, I guess, to to nego- or look over some stuff, but never anything like what Deshaun Watson is going through. So I can't speak to. Some of the lingo being thrown around, even the appeal process, some of this stuff confuses me. But here's what I know, and I think we all agree. When he got the six games and we read some of the highlights, most egregious thing in the history of NFL discipline, that he lied to a judge, it's pretty simple. Actions have consequences. If I ate McDonald's every day and didn't work out, I'd get fat. I saw a headline today. Phil Mickelson has been suspended two years not for joining the Live Tour, but for recruiting guys to the Live Tour back in February and March. Deshaun Watson, the moment he tried to sleep with every massage therapist in the state of Texas, put himself in a compromising situation. That is not a good decision. And listen, I'm not acting like I haven't been on dates with some chicks that 
you know, did things for a living that I'm probably not proud of. Stripper, Philly. But when I, I, I listen, when I was in Philadelphia, had a strip club called Delilah's. Pretty cool place. A lot of our players went there. Uh, took a girl out one time. And I remember thinking after, she was really good looking. And I was young, you know, 24, 25. Thinking like, you know, is this a good idea? Like, I, and I'm not saying it was going to go for her, But like, what am I doing? You know, what's the point of this? And I don't even know, like, he's, he's clearly not dating any of these girls. But when, who you surround yourself with, and at the highest level of any industry, especially something like football, they constantly talk about the decisions you make. Not what route you throw on a certain play, but the decisions you make with your money, who you hang around with, who you date, who you take out. All your actions have consequences. And there is no disputing this guy was considered a super high-level guy, as most of the young quarterbacks are. Mahomes, Lamar, Herbert, Josh Allen, everyone, Dak Prescott, everyone loves these guys. Now, we can nitpick some of their play, but no one ever says a bad word about the human beings, about how they act, about how they conduct themselves. And this guy clearly has a decision-making problem. And his decisions have now led to consequences where... As sitting here, I, I don't pretend to know anything more than you do listening. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a year. And I've seen a lot. Well, if Goodell does this and then they appeal that he could play this year and it will go on till next year, it's basic math. He's scheduled to make $45 million next year. He makes a million dollars this year. Do you think that if anyone around him has a brain, they'd go, hey, Deshaun, I'd appeal and play this year when you're making a million, when next year you're making 45, and if you lose the appeal, you'll lose $45 million. I've never made $45 million, but here's what I know. I, I, I would eat the million to make the 45. I think that's a pretty easy decision we'd all make. But let's not get it twisted. He put himself in this situation. I don't know if he's guilty of doing all the things that we've read that are heinous, that are disgusting. If it's true, he's a complete loser scumbag and the Browns are complete loser scumbags for signing him. If it's just, you know, these chicks are trying to take him down, he still deserves consequences for being a moron. He had hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. And honestly, it's not even going to affect it. It's just affecting his ability to play. But like the league and it always takes a bunch of shit. This is simply Deshaun Watson's problem. Nobody else's. It's not the league or, or, or and the Browns for actively being cool with it when they didn't know the outcome or the facts. Even Sue Robinson, someone that has no agenda, no connection to anything, said he lied to a judge. Like that happened. That's not my opinion. That's not any. That's that's what she said. Fact. So I, I don't know. I, I just I don't take the guy seriously anymore. Um, I think he's just a walking, talking red flag. Doesn't mean he's a criminal. Might not be. Might be. I don't know. But like, I if I was Goodell, to me, I've said all along, indefinite suspension. Give him a year, uh, which is essentially, indefinite suspension to me ultimately is a year. They're not going to, because he hasn't played in a couple years. But to think that he's just going to come back if he misses a year and hit the ground running, to me, feels a little crazy. Like, that, that feels like a little bit of a stretch. The Dolphins. I Listen, <laughs> To be good at any business, you got to push the envelope. And there are lines, and let's face it, we don't live in a utopian society. Sometimes you got to cross them. 
That's a reality to be successful. And there's a difference between breaking rules and crossing lines and breaking the law, right? But most successful people in any business are crossing lines and are pushing the envelope in times when it makes people uncomfortable. Welcome to the real world. And then there's a time when you just like, what are you doing? And clearly, Stephen Ross is a successful individual, multi-billionaire, great businessman. But for whatever reason, his dealings in the NFL are consistently pretty embarrassing. I've been saying this for a while. No guy is consistently connected with more like famous coaches than Ross. Oh, he's going to get Harbaugh. Oh, he's going to get Lincoln Riley. Oh, he's going to get Sean Payton. And he never gets any of them. He never lands anybody. They say coffee's for closers. Is Stephen Ross not drinking any coffee? Because he never closes a thing. Do I actually care that he was trying to land Sean Payton and Tom Brady in the middle of the season? I, I, I honestly don't give a shit. Because if you don't think that that stuff doesn't happen sometimes, you would be naive. But for whatever reason, when Stephen Ross does it, he never figures or finishes the deal. And in this case, he was dealing with so many different teams. The Robert Kraft, the Glazers, the Saints, they all came after him. Because he's that big of a clumsy idiot. He ain't smooth. There are a lot of people doing similar stuff that never, ever get caught. Yet this guy always gets his hand caught in the cookie jar. And I've said over and over, I have absolutely, let me repeat, zero issues with Stephen Ross even making a joke, but being serious. Hey, Brian, we're 1-12. in 12. How about we lose out? So I don't know, we could get this guy named Joe Burrow. The, the Miami Dolphins won three of their last five games in 2019. Three of their last five games. They had the number one overall pick until they lost or won three of their last five games. One of those games was to the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime. Think about that. The Cincinnati Bengals, who landed Joe Burrow because they had the worst record, two years later, were in the fucking Super Bowl. So this notion that tanking... Listen, tanking from week one is embarrassing. What the Cleveland Browns did was a joke. It's another thing when you really suck and you have tried throughout the season and you're awful and it's the middle of December. Winning a game when you have one or two wins past December 10th is absolutely meaningless. And in this case, had major repercussions. Because if you told me that the Dolphins would have ended up with Joe Burrow instead of Tua Tungavailoa, who's to say that they wouldn't have been in L.A. playing the Rams? They won nine games with Tua. What if I put Joe Burrow on that team? Do they win 11 or 12? Is their defense and Joe Burrow good enough to compete in the AFC, the AFC playoffs? Well, the Bengals were. So why wouldn't they? Yet, they ended up with Tua. Now, you could also say it was their own fault. They passed on Tua for Justin Herbert, which even if Tua turns out to be solid, he's never, ever, not in a million years going to be Justin Herbert. But I, I'm sorry. like I don't blame Steven Ross for saying that, for thinking that. I blame Brian Flores because that was moronic. That was beyond stupid. Again, he beat the Bengals in overtime. Great win there, buddy. Uh, and last but not least, Rodgers. 
Uh, he went on the the cleanse. He was on that podcast, which I listen. My girlfriend, a bunch of other people, a lot of you guys on in Instagram DM me like this guy. The, the podcast, I, I forget the guy's name, uh, is like a lead, you know, leader of a swinger community. Which again, I don't judge. You can do whatever you want in your bedroom. I, I never understand people that judge other people what they do in their own house. Their significant others, like I don't care. Like, if that ain't for you, that ain't for you. So stop worrying about what other people do. So if the guy's the leader of the swinger community, that's for him. And clearly Rogers is dating this chick, uh, the blue sky or whatever the hell her name is. A little weird. There's no doubt about it. You know what hit me? I was watching, and I can't, I'm going to keep saying this. The Jeter documentary, and I honestly, I rooted more for the Red Sox back then than the Yankees, is awesome. Derek Jeter, I got to admit, is the man. <laughs> but one thing that really stood out in the Jeter documentary in the Brady documentary, and in The Last Dance, is one, con- and honestly, you could put Tiger, even though he never consented to his documentaries, it was a huge theme in Tiger's career as well. The best in the business, at their sports, all of them, have in common. They are very, very close with their family. family. And mainly what I mean, their parents. Now, you don't choose who your parents are. So if your parents suck, or assholes, or get weird as you get famous, I I don't blame you if it gets weird and you separate from them. I can't relate. The the greatest supporters I've ever had in my life, and honestly, ever will have, I I can't see my future children ever being this supportive, my future wife, like, it'll be very difficult. It's not even possible. Will be my parents. So I, I can't relate to potentially Roger's parents what they did on the bachelor the one night with jordan that was weird i and if that and i'm not saying that's the reason he hates them but if my parents did that i, I would be pissed too but clearly there's more to it and I've, I've heard different theories from people but I, I don't know but jeter michael jordan tom brady tiger woods all till till their either their parents passed away obviously michael's was killed tiger's dad died whatever a decade ago the support the cohesion, and listen, we all fight. There are parents. Like, you're not always lovey-dovey, 365, 24-7. But it was a tight unit. And they're the best at their sport. So the Rodgers thing, the parents, like, let's face it, a little weird. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people that aren't that close with their brothers or their sisters. That's not abnormal at all. To me, the parent thing, like, feels, let's face it, and I've defended, where I differ from Colin is like, Let's face it, Colin's getting writer and writer how weird this guy is. And for the first time, I really put last year's loss against the 49ers on Aaron Rodgers. Not that he was terrible, but like, you got to be better, bro. You're the back-to-back MVP. You're the best player on the planet. You're absolutely humming. You're playing at home. You can't lose back-to-back years at Lambeau Field. You got to find a way. And two years ago, COVID year, you lose to Brady. I'll give you a little bit of a pass there. The 49ers did not score an offensive touchdown. Under no circumstances can you lose that game. And you're the best player in the world. You're one of the best players ever. You got to find a way. I put that on him more than I do LaFleur, more than I do on the special teams coach, more than anyone. Because even the special teams coach screws up and they score a touchdown, you should still win that game 23 to 13. You should never in a million years lose that game. But Rodgers, let's face it, get a little weird. You know, psychedelics. And listen, I've taken my fair share of edibles, so I'm not necessarily judging him that way. But he just feels like he's getting a little more and more out there. And uh, it'll be very fascinating, uh, you know, how this year goes. You know, his chick, who someone forwarded me her Instagram page, 
it's one thing, you know, you date Hollywood people. Let's face it, Hollywood, they're super rich, live in this little bubble uh, of LA. It's just the cruise they run in. My standard for them is pretty low. So if you date a Hollywood girl, lady, woman, like my expectations for her to be like, yeah, she's a pretty normal chick. I, I would tend, I'll be surprised if that's the, you know, the scouting report on her. But this one that he's dating, you know, Blue Ivy or, again, I, I can't even, I didn't write it down. I can't even remember her name. Like, a little weird. It, it is a little weird. But if Rodgers, you know, I people keep saying, like, are we sure the Packers are going to be good? I am. As long as they got him on psychedelics and got his cleanse and locked and loaded, if he keeps playing, regardless of all that crap, if he keeps playing like he's playing, I just don't see. They might not be as explosive in the passing game. Their defense is going to be better, and their running game is awesome. But I, I'm sorry, like the, to me, I, I just because of what my parents meant to me. That I don't care what, how mad they made me. Whether I became worth a hundred million dollars, whether I was worth two dollars, I judge you when you turn on your parents. We all have moments where we don't talk. We get in a fight with our dad, and we don't talk to him for a while. Get in a fight with our mom when we're young. We don't talk to him, you know, for five days. Mom, even I, men and men and women and women. I, I give you a little bit, but like as a guy to your mom, I, I don't know. I, I just that that seems a little weird to me. And this Rogers thing is honestly, it's kind of funny because I, if I remember correctly, the Eagles documentary, which was fantastic, and I watched it years ago. I think I watched it during uh, back in 2020. I'm pretty sure that they were fighting Don Henley. And maybe they're guitarists or something. And they went to like the desert. I don't know if it was like Palm Springs or Vegas or somewhere. And took peyote uh, for like two days. And just wrote a bunch of bangers. Like some of their all-time hits. Could be wrong on that one. But I actually might have been on an edible when I watched that. But I think so. You never know. You know, sometimes psychedelics, edibles. You know, taking 17-day poop and, and puke cleanses. Turns you into even a better player. But it's going to be hard because he's been the best player in the league for two straight years. Brady's 45th birthday. He's an all-time outlier. We all know that. But I also think that... I think we're... He's the first. And anytime you're the first, you change the game. Like, part of like, damn, Netflix? You can just watch all these movies from this app? And now there's 17 million apps. I mean, I subscribe to like seven of them and I only watch four of them. I mean, half of them are taking my money. But anytime you're the first, it's pretty eye-opening. And it's like, this is crazy. He's a 45-year-old quarterback who, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, could have won the MVP last year. So we've seen older players play. Most of them suck at the end. Willie Mays for the Mets is the one I always heard as a kid. It's like sports lore. Now, you never want to be Willie Mays holding on too long with the Mets. you know. But as time goes on, Michael Jordan with the Wizards... I know a lot of people have argued like, you know, he was actually a little better than you think. But Tom Brady is easily the best old guy we've ever seen. I also think there are some reasons for it. One, like when I was a kid, like really young kid, there was this restaurant. I grew up in Davis, California. I think it was called Mr. B's. It's like where everyone grew up going in like the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even by the 80s. I think it went under in like the mid 90s. But literally you went there for lunch to get a burger and a milkshake. My dad, early on in my life, like probably many dads and many men all over America, drank like seven Coca-Colas a day. And it was not weird until everyone realized like, yeah, I don't know if this is the healthiest thing to do. 
And now, you know, most people drink Diet Coke. So you can argue whether that's healthy or not, but a good Diet Coke hits just right. But my point is, like, in the 60s, in the 70s, people would have Cokes nonstop. Like, people drink water now. People had milkshakes for lunch. Now, listen, I'm not anti a good milkshake at lunch, but, like, that was a staple. But my point is that health was nowhere near... Do you think we talked about calories in the 70s and 80s? In the 90s? I I don't remember talking about calories that much in the 90s. I would say the last couple decades, and definitely the last decade, health and wellness training has gone to a completely different level. And for these guys, with the amount of money on the line, Tom Brady is just the first. And honestly... You know, obviously, he's the best, right? He's the best quarterback of all time. Definitely the most accomplished quarterback of all time. And probably no quarterback ever again is going to win seven Super Bowls. I feel pretty good about saying that. No quarterback again is going to win seven. We might see a guy win three, four even feels like a stretch. But seven's a lot. But part of it, clearly, he won several after he was 37. And historically, in basketball, in baseball, and definitely in football, once you got to your mid-30s, like game, set, match. I think that's going to change moving forward. I'm not saying in like 30 years, we're going to have a bunch of quarterbacks playing at 41, 42 years old, but I don't think it's going to be as abnormal as it feels right now because of the training, because of the diet, because of everything that we know. Not in a million years in 2007 would I have taken a cold shower when I was sore. I never would have crossed my mind. I remember being places, whether it's like a, you know, a house, a buddy rented, uh, like a beach house of friends when I was kids and the water heater would be out and you just you just wouldn't shower. You're like, I'm not taking that cold ass shower. Now I actively get in and a lot of people do. It's good for you. Think about the things that we talk about now that were never discussed. I mean, Tom Brady literally has a book. My mom bought it for me. It's time that I read it, but it sits in like uh, my living room. Like, you know, it's like a... You know, just there with a bunch of other books to look cool. Not that, again, I utilize it, but the information's out there. You can go to YouTube. People talk about stuff that people used to not talk about. And I I think he just is going to be the first in terms of the length of his career. And I think we'll see several other quarterbacks moving forward that play. We've already seen it, but have success. You know, some of the guys that we're seeing, the Roethlisberger's, the Rivers, like, they kind of played through a different generation. And obviously, Ben lived a little bit different. But what about like Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and some of these quarterbacks, Mac Jones, some of these quarterbacks now that are living in the generation and that grow up in the generation of health and wellness? Because that's kind of the generation they're growing up. That's honestly the generation we're living in. I think about, I love to eat. And I think about all the time, like, how many calories are in this? Is this good for me? How many sugars are in this? And I, I wouldn't call myself by any means some health freak. I mean, I just swung by C's Candy when I went to Sunglass Hut earlier today, and the little caramel circles are bomb. But I, I, I just, it's cool to see. It's historic. But he, he's just going to be the first of many. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users Don't visit other leading job sites. LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, let's fire around a couple camps. Arizona. The, the Kyler thing, I, I can't even imagine. Imagine how many video games Kyler Murray played this week. He's home with the vid, not allowed to show up for five days, which I, I kind of looked. I couldn't find it. If you test positive for the vid and you're, you feel fine, do you have to stay away for five days? Or is when you get back just the first time that you test negative? Because if I was the league, I, I know they banned all the mandates, right? You don't need the, the some jab, you mask, I mean, all that shit's out the window. But like, if I test positive, well, if I test negative the next day, am I cool to come back? Uh, because when Kyler got it, they immediately said five days. And that that is something to c- still keep an eye on. Like, if Mahomes just tests positive on like a Wednesday, he's just out for the game. Uh, again, I couldn't quite find the information, and I'm sure that's subject to change. But interesting, he's he's home he's home gaming. But listen, that whole thing was weird. We all admit it, right? The claws, and you just they put it in there for a reason. We can have our different theories on it, but it happened, 
and it did not go well, and they got embarrassed. The team got embarrassed. Kyler got embarrassed, and we all kind of look at him like, I'm interested to watch him play because if they, if they struggle, specifically him, we're all going to make fun of him. Oh, he's not studying film. Oh, he didn't watch any film. Oh, he's been playing Call of Duty. Like, that, that's inevitable. That's unavoidable at this point. But part of the Kyler thing, it stems back to the offseason. Not just his contract demands, which, let's face it, after you play the worst postseason game we've ever seen, and you still have several years on your contract, felt a little poorly timed. But in credit to him, it worked. He had a weak owner, and they capitulated. But to me, the craziest thing of this offseason with them, well, the contract is the craziest, but the second craziest was they're trying to keep Kyler happy, and they traded for Hopkins, was it last year or two years ago, and he's suspended. So he's out six games. They know it. And they lost Christian Kirk. But under Kingsbury, and I watch him a lot just because I watch the NFC West, is Rondale Moore, the kid they drafted out of Purdue, is really interesting. They can find little random wide receivers to function in that offense. Max Williams, their tight end, uh, who got hurt last year, is coming back. They re-signed Zach Ertz. They got little you know, running backs. They'll be fine offensively in theory. Well, for whatever reason, when they wanted to keep Kyler happy, they traded a draft pick. And not just any draft pick, the 22nd overall pick for Hollywood Brown who was going into his fourth season, who was also a small player. Like, they already have a small wide receiver, kind of like Hollywood. His name is Rondale Moore. And then, a couple days ago, and listen, I by no means do I drive slow. I, I, I do not drive in the slow lane. So I am not trying to act like I've never sped, right? And listen, I drive a Tahoe, so it's hot. It's not like I'm going to go 120 miles on the freeway. If I drove a Porsche or a Mercedes, maybe I would be more likely to hit like 95 when I wasn't paying attention. Because listen, my, my mom has a newer car and driving it home from Tahoe because I had some issue with my Tahoe. It you, you go 85 in some of these new cars, you don't even realize that they drive so smooth. And he was arrested the other day. And listen, like I, like I said, I, I don't judge people for speeding in terms of just getting a speeding ticket. But when you get arrested... For speeding, like you're clearly doing something egregious. But to me, part of this symbolizes it's drip, 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 drip. I feel pretty confident. Like I'm out on these guys. Their juju's off. They feel off. Everything with them feels off. Now, I I don't think they're going to compete to get the number one overall pick. They have too much talent. But I think what we saw last year is going to be more of an outlier over these next couple years than something that's just going to be consistent and sustained. Their culture, never loved. Doing moves like this, trading just because he's the guy's friend, and he immediately gets arrested in his training camp, you know, it's just not a good sign. Let's go to the Steelers. To sign Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback, and I get it, there aren't many options. You go to free agency, Roethlisberger retires, what the hell are you going to do? Who are they going to sign? Mariota? Trubisky, like all the names, G- Jimmy wasn't available at the time. There, there weren't many options, if any. So I, I don't mind signing him as a backup quarterback. And I think ultimately they gave him about $2 million. The Bills did it last year. But to sign him and then say he is going to be our starting quarterback is borderline insanity. Mr. Trubisky is not a starting quarterback, especially on a team 
that views themselves, and rightfully so, we got a playoff roster, we get decent quarterback play, we win 10, 11 games, we're in the playoffs 100%. That's how the Pittsburgh Steelers view themselves, and they consistently live up to that. Well, reports have been, Mitch has been a little up and down. Of course he has. He's Mitch Trubisky. Then you go, why, John? They drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round. And I believe this to my core. I think, and you're taught this as a scout, watch the player before you get the character right up. Because when you're in a school and someone gives you a character and you start asking about the player, the guy, the person, and it's positive or negative, it's going to impact the way you think about a guy. So when I go in somewhere and the, the, the pro liaison, the offensive coordinator, the trainer, the equipment guy, the uh, academic lady, every single person around the program is like, I freaking love James. I would let my daughter marry James. I would give, I would rent out a room for free for James. I would bet the ha- if football disappeared tomorrow, James could be the CEO of Wells Fargo. He could uh, start a tech company. He could go uh, figure out the homeless problem in California. There is nothing this kid can't do if he puts his mind to it. And you're like, holy shit. This guy just sounds like uh, an incredible human being. He is the type guy we would like on our team. Who wouldn't? This guy is fantastic. And then you're watching him. You're like, well, you know, I wish he was a little faster. I wish he had a little better hands. But you're like, you know, I love this guy. You push him up. Same thing happens the opposite way, right? All the negative speech, all the negative speech. And then you're watching him. He's really good. You're like, well, you know, it's like, is he a good guy? It can impact you. And the one thing that Mike Tomlin and and Kevin Colbert, they were around the guy. I saw it years ago with John Lynch and Solomon Thomas. John Lynch, I can't remember why, was taking a class at Stanford. Obviously, he was a Stanford I don't know if he had a, maybe he was going back to graduate. I don't know the exact. I I, th- I thought he graduated when he went pro, but he was involved in Stanford and was in a class or sat next to Solomon Thomas and got to know him. This is before he was a general manager. Fell in love with the guy because who wouldn't? Solomon Thomas is a fantastic human being. He was too close. Then they drafted him number three overall, and it was a disaster. Had no business being drafted that high. I don't care. It's like, well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of pontificators had him going. If you watched him play and you knew what you were doing, under no circumstance will you draft that guy in the top 10. But once you get to know him, you're like, God, I, I want this guy in my building. And it backfired. And those guys, because Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh, plays at the Steelers Stadium, I think their offices are right around there, they got to know the guy. And I've heard he's a great guy. And everyone's like, you know, his play is kind of like a poor, poor man's Mac Jones. And now he's running with the threes. He can't even get above Mason Rudolph. Now you can say maybe the Steelers are old school. You got to earn your time. I don't know. I, I I never saw it. I never saw it. Not for a second. Again, not disputing the guy. Seemed like a good guy. I'd be friends with him. Taking a guy in the first round to be your quarterback. That that is a that is a bold move, Cotton. And I think they were too close to it. Well, here's the thing with the Steelers. Like you're not paying Mitch anything. And honestly, Kenny Pickett. Like does he have to play this year? Of course not. He's running with the threes. Mason Rudolph cannot be your starting quarterback. We've seen that movie. It, it, it's it's a disaster. People walk out of it. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? I witnessed this week the most normal, bizarre thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Every day I went out to 49er practice. Practice starts around 1030. But really, guys, you know, they let us in at like 1025, 1020, 1030 ish. Got everyone's already on the field. People are screwing around, stretching, doing different things. When you get out there, there is like this third field that is uh, 
kind of behind the stands. First two days, Jimmy Garoppolo just throwing. Players walking by him. Mike Shanahan, <clears throat> as he was walking out of the practice field, slaps Jimmy on the butt. They BS for like five minutes. It's completely normal, even though this guy is on the team, but let's face it, he's no longer on the team. He's just throwing, waving to guys, throwing to trainers. By the third day of practice, he was on the practice field throwing a red zone. He looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. Arm looks normal. He looks in good shape. Fantastic hair. Tans on point. Jawline. Good looking dude. And I was thinking like, why don't the Steelers just go get this guy? We keep saying like, what about Seattle? In what world would Jimmy want to go to Seattle? They suck. Obviously, Houston's going with Davis Mills. They should. The Giants maybe, but they're terrible too. The Steelers are trying to make the playoffs. And they don't need Ben Roethlisberger in the prime. We just saw that last year. Roethlisberger couldn't throw past like five yards. But he was smart. He knew what he was doing. To me, if I'm the Steelers, and I've... Listen, you might know by about two weeks, like, we cannot have Mitch Trubisky be our starting quarterback. And Kenny Pickett isn't remotely ready. We just thought he was a great guy. And maybe he turns out to be a full-time backup. Why don't we go get Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Jimmy Garoppolo has proven if you have a really good team, you can make the playoffs with him as a starting quarterback. To me, that makes a lot of sense. And, and last but not least, uh, there's a balance, right? If you leave a practice limping and it turns out like you didn't break an ankle or tear an ACL, it's like you're going to miss a week, like whatever, no big deal. And then there are these situations like, you know, we're not concerned yet, but this is a little weird. Like Chandler Jones has not practice, right, with the Raiders. It's like, well, he's got an undisclosed injury. And this, I've been monitoring this from afar, but it's hard to tell with McVay because even last year he gave Stafford some time off. He doesn't make him play in the preseason. Is I saw Rap Sheet to say today that Stafford, and I remember my dad had tennis elbow. Uh, the guy he worked for, Jack, had awful arthritis and tendonitis. And I, I've seen it in other people. I, I've, I've never had it, but no people that have had it at different ages. I, I've known younger people that have had it. It's clearly very painful. And there are different reasons for it. Uh, again, not a medical doctor, is that he's got tendonitis in his throwing elbow. And anyone listening that follows baseball knows that, like, usually that's a bad precursor. I think once upon a time that kind of started that way with Roethlisberger. And I'm not saying to overreact to this, but even Rap Sheet was like, you know, they're pretty confident that everything's going to be okay. And to me, this is just something to keep an eye on because he's a guy who's predicated on a big arm. And he's been throwing now for a long time that the only thing that could true, like if Aaron Donald had an injury and missed a bunch of games, whatever. If Stafford goes out, the Rams would be fucked. It would be a disaster. I don't blame them for slow playing this, not having him throw completely makes sense. That is the right move. But if he does get hurt or this persists and worst case scenario, wherever to need surgery, uh, it would be bye-bye to them for the season. So the only way that this this process in which they've done to build the team, respect the hell out of it. You, you just saw it in baseball with the Padres. I love, I admire any team, any business, any human being that's willing to take their chips, put it to the middle of the table. That takes balls. But the reality is anyone that's played poker knows that when you double down in blackjack, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you double down on 11 and they give you a three. And then the, the dealer, you know, pops an 18 and they take, you know, depending on how many cocktails you've had and drinks, you make $1,000, 500 bucks, 
$5,000. I don't know how much you're betting, but it hurts. You get pissed. Unless you've had a lot of cocktails, then you just place another bet. But when you put all your chips in the middle of the table, the simple reality is you're not always going to (laughs) hit. There's stock skills I've put a lot of money into. It is a disaster right now. And it had a disaster day. I'm way down. And listen, I, I, I was thinking today, it one day in like three or four years, it's either going to be like a five, six, ten bagger, or I'm going to lose six figures on it. There, there's no in-between. Like there's no in-between with the Rams. They're either going to be a power or they're going to be a disaster. I never see them, ah, oh, they're just like, you know, eight and nine. Like, no, that ain't their thing. And they're not playing for that, which I respect. Like they, they didn't want to, they're going all in. And to me, the only true, true thing that would completely derail them would be this guy. And listen, he is, I, I respect Matt Stafford. I, I love Matt Stafford as a player. Uh, even And I, partly because of the way, it, what he proved last year. I was kind of out on him in midseason. And he answered the bell. He showed his moxie. He was awesome in the playoffs. He seems like a fantastic dude. Uh, who doesn't love that guy as a human being, let alone I, I like I like strong arm quarterbacks. Uh, he's my style of player. Like interceptions don't bother me if you make big plays, and he's a big play guy. But that arm, I mean, it's literally worth like two hundred fifty million. I think they just gave him a huge two hundred million dollar contract extension. So just something to keep an eye on, man, because we we've seen it in recent years with Roethlisberger. Again, he was older. See it with pitchers all the time. I remember the Giants with Matt Cain. Uh, who wasn't really a hard thrower, but his arm went. And it, it happens with, uh, is it DeGrom has had elbow problems? You know, what's his name? The other dude that was on the Mets, I think he's now on the Angels. Uh, Syndergaard. Oh, I mean, all these guys, their arms blow. It's a little different with pitching, but if that goes, woo-wee, you know, bye-bye Rams. Uh, but that's that's what they signed up for. They, they, they would be the first to tell you that. Uh, and it's worked. I mean, they're the Super Bowl champions for a reason because, you know, they they quadrupled down and, and they hit on 21. Uh, we'll go ma- mailbag this weekend. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Got a lot of DMs. And, uh, and yeah, football season. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, Ken in the Hall of Fame game. If you watched it, if you didn't, I don't totally blame you. It's, it's not like Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence are playing. But it is football. You know, it is football. Hall of Fame weekend. Congrats to all the Hall of Famers. I think Bryant Young, Tony Baselli, Dick Vermeil going in, I think. Um, kind of a weird class, but I, I like all the guys. I've, I've talked to Bryant Young before. Absolute stud. Love Dick Vermeil. We will win with Kurt Warner. Uh, Tony Baselli. I actually ran into him at a Starbucks in uh, where I live probably two or three months ago. And for like a minute, I just stared at him. I'm like, God, that guy's enormous, and Jesus, he looks familiar. I'm like, that kid, is that Tony Baselli? I almost went up. I introduced myself to him, but I didn't, and it turns out it was definitely him, and now he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, well, he's not even future. If you're listening to this on like Saturday, I think he's, he's technically in, and it's like John Madden says. He always dreamed about that all the bus, when the lights go out, they, they talk to each other, and RIP John Madden, RIP Vince Scully. Uh, what a life that guy led, huh? called I mean for my life the thing that you know I grew up a Giants fan technically still am one even though I despise the joke of the team they're rolling out and the Dodgers beating the shit out of them every day this week is Vince Scully called the catch 
uh, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, which where, where I'm from and the people that, you know, most of my family friends and my dad, who was a diehard 49er fan and people I associate with, people my age obviously didn't witness that. It happened before I was born, but that that shaped a region, that moment. And, and most people were not Tom Brady at the game, right? Most people watched it on television. And that was Vin Scully calling that game. And the 49ers... You know, since then, forty plus years later, or you know, are one of the biggest brands in the league. But before that, they were a joke. I mean, they, they were not some big time team, and uh, th- that was really the the pinnacle moment that the catalyst that kind of started it all. And uh, he he's synonymous. Obviously, he's synonymous with the Dodgers. But when you look at the guy's career, the I didn't know this. I mean, obviously, I'm a golf guy. The PGA Tour tweet. He he was like Jim Nance. For I think in the seventies, called PGA Tour events like that was one of his jobs. Calling PGA Tour events, calling the NFL. He obviously called national broadcast games for baseball. I think he did the Mets, Red Sox. He used to do a lot of those, and and the Dodgers. And in the later years, one thing is cool about technology that technology has its downfalls, but it has a lot of positives. You know, I I had MLB package for a long time, and you know the Dodgers started getting good, especially his latter years. Uh, it was cool to just watch them. You know. And, you know, part of baseball more than the other sports is storytelling. It's the broadcaster plays a big role. And I I was in the car yesterday and and someone involved with the Dodgers. And this is pretty crazy, right? Sandy Koufax, Tommy Lasorda, you know, now Clayton Kershaw. I wouldn't put him on Sandy Koufax level, but I mean, Kershaw, sure, Jackie Robinson, someone, I, I forget, Rick Monday or, you know, some famous Dodger called Vince Scully. He's like, you could make the argument. He's the greatest Dodger of all time. (laughs) And it's weird to say, you would never say that now about a broadcaster, but times were different, you know, when he, for a long period of his life, right? Broadcasters, most of us, you know, I, I never went, I went to a couple Giants games growing up. I never went to an NFL game. I I think one thing that the media loses touch with is like most fans can't afford to go to games. Most fans live vicariously, especially in baseball and basketball, but specifically baseball, through their broadcaster. You know, Kruk and Kipe, Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko are a huge part of the culture in Northern California. The Giants are, you know, our version of the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Cubs, or whatever. They're huge. Even though we got two baseball teams, it's kind of, it's even on a bigger scale than Raiders and Niners were. It's like a, 100 to 5 ratio of fans. It's not even close. And I remember in college, I went to Cal Poly. Mike Kruko also went to Cal Poly. I got to meet him. And it was called Kruko's Corner, where I used to work at the Cal Poly Baseball Stadium. And it was just, it was a really, really big deal. I mean, these guys are big deals. You know, you meet people that, that everyone knows these guys. And Vin was the most famous of them all. You know, he was... I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, and depending on how old you are, Harry Carey, I would say, is somewhat on that level, too. Different. I'm not saying Harry, you know, he used to booze a little bit. Probably might be a little different than Vin. But just in terms of fame and his importance to the fan base, it really just doesn't exist in other sports. I, in football, like your radio guy, like when I worked for the Eagles, Mel Reese, Greg Papa, who is now the Niners guy, but really was the Raiders guy for 20 years, played a big role. And part of it was because Raiders games would get blacked out. So the only way for a lot of fans to follow the Raider game was to listen to it. 
And but for the most part, 2022, you're not going to meet some 40 year old that like the radio. They they watch their team on television. But baseball is different because a lot of the radio guys also do the TV, and it's kind of intermixed. And um, I I don't have like I never met the guy. Uh, I I think I remember going to a Giants Dodger game probably in 2014 when he was there. Uh, I, I remember seeing him from afar in the, in the media room, but but the outcry in terms, not the outcry, but the reaction kind of speaks for itself. And the, and the other reaction on Bill Russell dying, and I, I think sometimes we lose sight of this with sports. Obviously, the goal is to be successful, is to make money, is to quote-unquote be a star. But the ultimate goal, you know, of team sports, and really individual sports too, is to win. Like, that is the thing, to win. And if you win, everything else will follow. I, I say this all the time. Like, everyone's like, I want a brand. Well, how about this? You win a Super Bowl, and then you can make any goddamn brand you want. So it happens so much in the NBA. Like, I'm a brand. It's like, bro, you've never made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Why does Draymond Green have this massive podcast? Because he's big, you know, because he's the starting power forward in the NBA, and he's got a lot of opinions. No, it's because he's got four rings and he's been to like eight NBA finals. When people view Draymond Green, you hate him or love him. The one thing you can't take away from the dude is one and really his whole freaking life. He was Michigan State. He was going to final fours. The guy is associated with winners. He's a winner. And Bill Russell is the greatest winner in the history of team sports. It's not debatable. And listen to a lot of different podcasts, people telling stories it's like, I, I, sometimes in these team sports, like, oh, I scored 40. It's like, you lost by 20. Oh, I threw three touchdowns. Your team just got blasted. The goal of all this, it's why we root for our teams. If you like golf or tennis, is is to win. <laughs> is to win. Like Djokovic or Nadal. Like Nadal's got that cool little rock-looking logo. Would that logo be cool if he hadn't won all those grand slams and won all those tournaments? Would Tiger Woods be as cool as Tiger Woods? I don't know if he didn't have 15 majors and 80 plus wins. If he just had seven wins and one major, of course not. We like winners. We like greatness. And team sports, like being a good teammate, I don't know, kind of matters. It's why Tom Brady is held in such high regard. Why watching this Derek Jeter doc, you're like, this guy's a great guy. I think they said in the documentary, A-Rod wanted to be a star. Derek Jeter wanted to win. You are what you prioritize. And RIP to Bill Russell. I mean, obviously a legendary human being, but I think first and foremost, a legendary winner. Can you think of a better compliment besides like being called a good father or a good husband, but like professionally? Whether you're in business, whether you're an athlete, regardless of what you did, it's like, describe that guy. And they just said, he's a winner. <laughs> I mean, what would you rather be called professionally? He's a winner. <laughs> I mean, you, just, you say that like you'd want to meet the guy. And that's, to me, what Bill Russell was. Um, uh, weekend podcast be out at John Middlecoff, Instagram, fire in those DMs. Peace. See ya. <laughs>
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 